Chapter Twenty Six of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter Twenty Six. The Duke's Ball. For some days, Count Victor chafed at the dull and somewhat squalid life of the inn. He found himself regarded coldly among strangers, the flageolet sounded no longer in the private parlour, the chamberlain stayed away. And if Drimdarroch had seemed ill to find from doom, he was absolutely indiscoverable here. Perhaps there was less eagerness in the search because other affairs would forever intrude, not the cause, that now to tell the truth he somewhat regarded moribound, little wonder after eight years in action nor the poignant home thoughts that made his ride through scotland melancholy but affairs more recent and olivia's eyes possessed him a morning had come of terrific snow and made all the colder too his sojourn in the country of mccallan moor now he looked upon mountains white and far phantom valleys gulping chilly winds the sea alone with some of its familiar aspect yet it too leaden to the eye and heart as it lay in a perpetual haze between the headlands and lazily rose and fell in the bays the night of the ball was to him like a reprieve from the darkness of those woody deeps below dunquah the castle gleamed with fires, and a highland welcome illumined the greater part of the avenue from the town with flambeaux, in whose radiance the black pines, the huge beeches, the waxen shrubbery round the lawns all shrouded, seemed to creep closer round the edifice to hear the sounds of revelry, and to learn what charms the human world, when the melodious winds are still, and the weather is cold, and out of doors poor thickets must shiver in appalling darkness. A gush of music met Count Victor at the threshold, dresses were rustling, a caressing warmth sighed around him, and his host was very genial. "'Monsieur Montaignon,' said his grace in French, "'you will pardon our short notice. My good friend, Monsieur Montaignon, my dear, my wife, Monsieur Montaignon, but monsieur montaillon merely in the inns my lord corrected the frenchman smiling i should be the last to accept the honour of your hospitality under my nom de guerre the duke bowed monsieur le comte he said to be quite as candid as yourself i pierced your incognito even in the dark my dear sir a scots traveller named for the time being the baron hay once had the privilege of sharing a glass coach with your uncle between paris and dunkirk tis a story that will keep meanwhile as i say monsieur montaignon will pardon the shortness of our notice in these wilds one's dancing shoes are presumed to be ever airing at the fire you must consider these doors as open as the woods so long as you are in the neighbourhood i have some things i should like to show you that you might not find wholly uninteresting raphael a rembrandt so reputed and several venetians not much in faith but regarding which i should value your criticism some other guests arrived 
his grace's speech was broken and count victor passed on skirting the dancers who to his unaccustomed eyes presented features strange yet picturesque as they moved in the puzzling involutions of a country dance it was a noble hall hung round with tapestry and bossed with highland targets trophies of arms and the mountain chase from the gallery round it drooped little banners with the devices of all those generations of great families that mingled in the blood of Macallan moore the frenchman looked around him for a familiar face and saw the chamberlain in highland dress in the midst of a little group of dames mrs petullo was not one of them she was dancing with her husband a pitiful spectacle for the lawyer must be pushed through the dance as he were a doll with monstrous ungracefulness and no sense of the time of the music his thin legs quarrelling with each other his neighbours all confused by his inexpert gyrations and yet himself with a smirk of satisfaction on his sweating countenance madame is not happy thought count victor watching the lady who was compelled to be a partner in these ungainly gambols and indeed mrs petullo was far from happy if her face betrayed her real feelings as she shared the ignominy of the false position into which petullo had compelled her when the dance was ended she did not take her husband's proffered arm but walked before him to her seat utterly ignoring his pathetic courtesies this little domestic comedy only engaged count victor for a moment he felt vexed for a woman in a position for which there seemed no remedy and he sought distraction from his uneasy feeling by passing every man in the room under review and guessing which of them if any could be drimdarroch who had brought him there from france it was a baffling task for many were there with faces wholly inscrutable who might very well have among them the secret he cherished and yet nothing about them to advertise the scamp who had figured so effectively in other scenes than these the duke their chief moved now among them suave graceful affectionate his lady on his arm sometimes squeezing her hand a very boy in love that's a grand picture of matrimonial felicity count said a voice at count victor's ear and he turned to find the chamberlain beside him positively it makes me half envious monsieur said count victor a following influenced by the old feudal affections and well-nigh worshipping health and wealth ambitions gratified a name that has sounded in camp and court yet a heart that has stayed at home the fever of youth abated and wedded to a beautiful woman who does not weary one pardieu his grace has nothing more in this world to wish for ay he has most that's needed to make it a very comfortable world providence is good but sometimes grudging but sometimes grudging as you say yet mccailen has got everything when i see him and her there so content i'm wondering at my own wasted years of bachelordom as sure as you're there i think the sooner i draw in at a fire and place my flageolet to the goat wife the better for me it is a gift to this domesticity said count victor not without an inward twinge at the picture 
some of us have it some of us have not and not trying hard for content with one's own wife and early suppers will avail unless one is born to it like the trick of the sonnet i have been watching our good friend your lawyer's wife distracted over the over the balourdise of her husband as a dancer he dances like a bootmaker's sign if you can imagine that and i dare not approach them till her very natural indignation has simmered down the chamberlain looked across the hall distastefully and found mrs petullo's eyes on him she shrugged for his perception alone a white shoulder in a manner that was eloquent of many things to the devil he muttered yet essayed at the smile of good friendship which was now to be their currency and a poor exchange for the old gold surely monsieur mactaggart dances said the count i see a score of ladies here who would give their garters for the privilege my dancing days are over said sim mactaggart but merely as one who repeats a formula his eyes were roving among the women the dark green and blue tartan of the house well became him he wore diced hose of silk and a knife on the calf of his leg his plate swung from a stud at the shoulder and fell in voluminous and graceful folds behind him his eyes roved among the women and now and then he lifted the whitest of hands and rubbed his shaven chin count victor was a little amused at the vanity of his village hero and then there happened what more deeply impressed him with wonder at the contrarieties of character here represented for the hero brimmed with sentimental tears they were caused by so simple a thing as a savage strain of music from the duke's piper who strutted in the gallery fingering a melody in an interval of the dance a melody full of wearisome iterations in the ears of the foreigner who could gain nothing of fancy from the same save that the low notes sobbed when the piece was calling in the hall ringing stormily on the roof shaking the banners silencing the guests the duke's chamberlain laughed with some confusion in a pretence that he was undisturbed an air with the story perhaps asked count victor they are all stories answered this odd person so responsive to the yell of guttural reeds in that they are like our old friend balhaldi whose tales as you may remember the old rogue would fill many pages many leaves indeed said count victor preferably fig leaves the bagpipe moves me like a weeping woman and here for all that is the most indifferent of musicians tenez monsieur i present my homage to the best of flageolet players said count victor smiling the flageolet a poor instrument and still and still not without its qualities here's one at least who finds it the very self for weariness playing it i often feel in the trance of rapture i wish to god i could live my life upon the flute for there i'm on the best and cleanest terms with myself and no backwash of penitence eh listen to me preaching there's one air i have heard of yours so that somehow haunts me said count victor its conclusion seemed to baffle you so it does man so it does if i found the end of that i fancy i would find a new mactaggart it's 
it's not a run of notes i want indeed the air's my own and i might make it what i choose but an experience or something of that sort outside my opportunities or my recollection count victor's glance fell on mrs petullo but hers was not on him she sought the eyes of the chamberlain madame looks your way he indicated and at once the chamberlain's visage changed she'd better to look at her man he said so roughly that the count once more had all his misgivings revived we may not guess how bitter a prospect that may be said he with pity for the creature and he moved towards her with the chamberlain of necessity but with some reluctance at his heel mrs petullo saw the lagging nature of her old love's advance it was all that was needed now to make her evening horrible oh said she smiling but still with other emotions than amusement or goodwill struggling in her countenance i was just fancying you would be none the were or a wife to look to your buttons buttons repeated the chamberlain see she said and lightly turned him round so that his back was shown with his plate no longer concealing the absence of a button from a skirt of his highland jacket count victor looked and a rush of emotions fairly overwhelmed him for he knew he had the missing button in his pocket here was the nocturnal marauder of doom or the very devil was in it the chamberlain laughed but still betrayed a little confusion mrs petullo wondered at the anger of his eyes and a moment later launched upon an abstracted minuet with montaillon chapter twenty six